Hello and welcome to just another follower of Jesus Christ. This is Cheryl and today we're going to explore the theme, How Powerful Are You? This question today requires each of us to think about what type of power we are set on acquiring and whether it is physical or spiritual power that we are pursuing. You are most likely familiar with the phrase attributed to Lord Acton, quote unquote, power corrupts, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Perhaps you are less familiar with the quote that was similar given nearly 80 years before Lord Acton, quote unquote, unlimited power is apt to corrupt the minds of those who possess it. Power and its ability to corrupt has been part of humanity's recorded story through the millenniums. We can look at Cain, who believed by killing his brother, he would have all the power of the earth. He certainly introduced murder, secret societies, and coldness towards family to the earth by choosing to be a tool in the hands of he who has no future. In his epistle to the Galatians, Paul specifically enumerates the works of the flesh, as he calls them, and the fruits of the spirits. Note this classification. The works of the flesh are manifest as these, quote, unquote, adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, Wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have told you in the time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Galatians chapter 5 verses 9 through 11 Bible New Testament. What is the type of power that is being applied when the works of the flesh is the power being used? The crazy thing is you do not even have to say a word. Your countenance carries the power you are using or not using. Think about this story told by a 20th century prophet, David O. McKay. The source of the story is unknown. There is an old story which told the experience of a great artist who was engaged to paint a mural for the cathedral in a Sicilian town. The subject was the life of Christ. For many years, the artist labored diligently, and finally the painting was finished, except for the two most important figures, the Christ child and Judas Iscariot. He searched far and wide for the models for those two figures. One day while walking in an old part of the city, he came upon some children playing in the street. Among them was a 12-year-old boy whose face stirred the painter's heart. It was the face of an angel, a very dirty one perhaps, but the face he needed. The artist took the child home with him, and day after day the boy sat patiently until the face of the Christ child was finished. But the painter failed to find a model for Judas. For years, haunted by the fear that his masterpiece would remain unfinished, he continued his search. One afternoon in a tavern, the painter saw a gaunt, 
and tattered figure stagger across the threshold, fall to the floor, begging for a glass of wine. The painter lifted him up and looked into a face that startled him. It seemed to bear the marks of every sin of mankind. Come with me, the painter said. I will give you wine, food, and clothing. Here at last was his model for Judas. For many days and parts of many nights, the painter worked feverishly to complete his masterpiece. As the work went on, a change came over the model. A strange tension replaced the stuporous languor, and his bloodshot eyes were fixed with horror on the painted likeness of himself. One day, perceiving his subject's agitation, the painter paused in his work, saying, My son, I'd like to help you. What troubles you so? The model sobbed, buried his face in his hands. After a long moment, he lifted pleading eyes to the old painter's face. Do you not remember me? Years ago, I was your model for the Christ child. When we use our power to satisfy only the cravings to the flesh, whatever they may be, remember we have a God of second chances and more chances and more chances. One who never gives up on us when we choose the path of power that corrupts and those consequences. We have a God that paid the price for our bad choices and just asks us to repent. So how powerful are you? Generally, there is in man a divinity which strives to push him onward and upward. We believe this power within him is the spirit that comes from God. Man lived before he came to this earth, and he is here now to strive to perfect the spirit within him. At some time in his or her life, every person is conscious of a desire to come into touch with the infinite. The spirit in each human being reaches out to God and reaches out for God. The sense of feeling is universal and all humanity ought to be in deepest truth engaged in the same great truth. The search for and the development of spiritual peace and freedom. Are you powerful enough to recognize the pull of divinity, the light of Christ that is within you? Are you powerful enough to move mountains, literal or figuratively? Are you powerful enough to recognize the source of power that uplifts and aids resides in your immortal spirit? Which focus of your power will give the more abundant life, pampering the physical nature or developing our spiritual selves? James Allen wrote a book in the early 1900s called As a Man Thinketh. It has been quoted for generations. A powerful purpose person focuses on controlling their thoughts. As shared in an earlier post, all action begins with thought, then desire, then decision, and ultimately using the power of will to act. James shared, quote, unquote, humanity will continue to have impure and poison blood so long as they propagate unclean thoughts. Out of a clean heart comes a clean life and body. 
Let me share a test that I demonstrated at a conference of spiritually powerful people. Having chosen the bodybuilder of the group, I asked him if he would participate in an experiment. He assented and was led out of earshot with another person to keep him company. <coughs> to the rest of the group, I told them I was going to test the bodybuilder's strength. And when they heard me say, quote unquote, goodness, they grow them strong in Grass Valley. They were to send nothing but negative thoughts towards this man, not uttering a single word. Within 30 seconds, he could feel the impact. I tested his strength again, and it was gone. He was visibly weak. I asked him, what happened? He replied, that is what I wanted to ask you. I had cued the other participants. Then when they heard me say, as I tested one more time, I'm sure they grow them strong in Grass Valley. To pour on the positive thoughts, I tested his strength again, and it was back. He told me he could instantly feel that something has happened to, had happened to him as his strength zapped out of him. How powerful are you? You are so powerful that even your thoughts about someone else thousands of miles away can impact them positively or negatively. You are so powerful that you can create an idea or a dream and take the action necessary for it to occur. You are so powerful that God has endowed you with the power that could move mountains. Have you moved any recently? You are so powerful that we are reminded in Psalms 8, 4-5 of the Bible Old Testament. What is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Now let me share with you a little bit out of the Hebrew text on this last verse. It actually states, rather than a little lower than angels, yet thou hast made him a little less than the gods. Yes, you. You have divinity in you. You are a spiritual son or daughter of Elohim. Let your heart absorb that for a moment. That spirit is housed in your body. And while that body has power to do many things, that spirit has infinite power. When allowed to have that direct connection to the heaven from whence it came, it is unstoppable. How powerful are you? Today is a good day to start the journey of finding out. Won't you join me? Until next time, God be with you.